We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome back in. We are live on Twitter video as we are approaching the 27th overall pick, one in which the Hornets currently hold. Uh, The previous podcast that we put out was about Brandon Miller and our reaction to that. And we had Dylan Jackson on. I'm going to be joined by Brian right now for this pick if they do make this pick. But let's go ahead and recap some of these players that have been coming through here. A lot of these players we've talked about before on previous podcast. I'm going to go ahead and start at number 19 with the Golden State Warriors with Brandon Pajemski. We've talked about him plenty in previous episodes, and he just seems like a perfect player. Like when I when I think of teams that could have drafted him, Golden State definitely stuck out in my mind in terms of just fitting in seamlessly with that system. And he is a guy that plays with the ball in his hands plenty, but in a, in a system with Golden State, I can see him playing off ball as well. Just a crafty player that gets by on a lot of different skills. Like he's not going to blow you out of the waters with his athleticism. A very good shooter, 44% on 5.8 attempts per game from behind the arc. If you look at his shot chart, there are not many spots on the floor that are blue. Like it's it's pretty money everywhere. I think one thing that I thought was pretty cool about Pajemski that, that I don't think we talked enough about on the podcast, he's a very underrated rebounder, a guy that lacks athleticism. You would think that rebounding just wouldn't be a part of his game. Like this, this is a perfect fit for Golden State. And I, I you know, I wonder kind of his, if his craft will hold up on the NBA level. But what do you think about Brandon Pajemski going to Golden State? Yeah, he just the, like his defensive rebounding, the positioning, the sort of like just like feel for long rebounds and long caroms and then his ability to turn those immediately uh, during his time at Santa Clara into transition opportunities it, it, a wonderful hit ahead passer really just a nice passer um in general and I mean I love his fit for Golden State system like their off ball movement the split action the motion all of the the beautiful stuff that Steve Kerr's been running for for years now, what they do out of delay, what they do out of strong, all of that stuff. Like he's such an uh just a natural fit. Um, I'll even make like for his ability to play both on the ball, off the ball, the handoff activity, like he's built for that. And I think he'll um 
you know, I think assuming Draymond Green is back there, I think he could be a guy that in some of these second units could be a guy that that runs the show and is a handoff partner. Uh, if he's getting to play with guys like Kevon Looney, Draymond Green, uh, Jonathan Kaminga is like a lob guy. Like there's some really, really cool stuff you can do. And so they today the Warriors add Chris Paul in this trade with with you know sending Jordan Poole to Washington and they bring in Pajemski. So like, uh, yeah, they 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 they're bringing some nice creation aspects around um around around Steph Curry and Clay Thompson and we touched on this very briefly a couple of weeks ago Richie when we talked about uh Pachemski you know in a lot of places I don't really think you'd see he like he has a little bit of like post facilitation game for a 6-5 guard that's not you know super strong or explosive but like Santa Clara would slice him to the post or they would let him sort of like Barkley drive to the post if there was a place where this could, where like the inverted post ups guard, uh, you know, facilitation from the mid post could could blend in, like Golden State is. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know if I would predict on him getting those types of of reps necessarily, but if they were to happen in the NBA, this is certainly like one of the places where, um, where that could potentially fit in. So I, I love the pick. Golden State's guard room is just awesome for next season. Curry, Clay Thompson. Chris Paul, but Brandon Pachemski, Moses Moody, Gary Payton second. Like it, there's just a, and I guess Dante DiVincenzo could be back too, but um, there's just a lot of talent in that guard room. So I really, really like that pick. Um, Olivier Maxens proper prosper uh, one year at Clemson, uh, two years at Marquette also played for team Canada where I, I watched him at the, the FIBA U19 world championships two summers ago on a team with Ben Matherin uh, Zach Eady. There were a few other uh, like good college players. Ryan Nemhard was also on that roster. Who's going to be uh, one of the best point guards in college basketball next season. But Maxon's prosper goes to the Kings at 24 that Richie, that one felt like a, a really like likely connection between those two. I'm not surprised to see Omax end up with the, with the, uh, with the Kings Derek Whitehead, falls there were two picks in the let me ask you a question real quick is that 24th pick being traded though to dallas oh yeah i guess you're right it could be i didn't i wasn't sure about all the i know they made a trade yeah with i wasn't sure yeah mavericks used trade tpe to bring in rashad okay yes that's going to the mavericks okay well i like that pick then forgive me (laughs) um uh i was i was Juggling a few too many things here. I had not read uh, the Shams tweet from five minutes ago correctly, but that's a nice pick uh, pickup then for uh, you know another potential sort of like three and D closeout attacker to put around Luca. And they've done a nice the Mavs getting Derek Lively and now Omax have done a nice job adding some some length and athleticism to this roster. Two picks in the twenties that I think were kind of interesting. I think preseason you would have seen. But you know, before the season started, I think you would have seen Cam Whitmore top and five, Drake yeah. Whitehead yeah. top five, top six, top seven, you know, basically as like the floor. And both those guys go in the 20s, Cam Whitmore to the Rockets at pick 20. The Rockets have done, they've added some intriguing athletes uh this this draft, getting Amen Thompson at four and then Cam Whitmore at 20. We talked about them after the uh oh Marcus Sasser just went uh Sasser man. to the Pacers. The Pacers have done a really nice job tonight as well because they got they got Jairus Walker ultimately at eight, and then Marcus Sat. I mean, good look, good team. That's a good that's a good front office in in uh, in Indiana, and um, 
yeah, for them to get Jairus Walker and uh, and Marcus Sasser is uh, those are two or wait, does I think this is Memphis? Okay, so Jesus Christ! All right, I'm having uh, thank I'm having issues here keeping up with stuff right now. Um, so Sasser is going to the Grizz. The Grizz. Okay, cool. No, I mean once again, it's a team that does draft. They do draft well. well. Yeah. So or. But isn't that? Did the Grizz own that pick? Oh, I see what you're saying. Is is it a traded pick? Yeah. The so the Pistons are acquiring number twenty five from the Celtics. Okay, man. This ESPN graphic it, I'm looking at yeah, is hard struggling with me. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So Boston drafted Sasser, but he's getting routed to Detroit. That's a nice pickup for the uh, the Pistons. Spring another really one of the best players in college basketball this past season. Great statistical indicators. Nice two-way guard. Feels like he'll be in rotations for a, a long time. There's a lot of... Pistons have some interesting... Uh, or Not interesting. So They have some talented young players. But yeah, Derek Whitehead falling to 22. Obviously, with the foot injury, uh, the medicals are going to depend. Um, you know, it's going to be a big deal for him going forward. But he's from New Jersey. So I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for Derek. I covered him at Duke this past season. Shooting touch improved, but athletically he was obviously not quite the same as he was during his pre-college days uh, when he was at Montford Academy down in uh, in Florida. So if he can ever physically recover, add in the shooting touch, you know there's a little bit of risk here. But at, at pick 22, I kind of like this for the uh, the Nets, and you bring him into a, a you know a wing room where he's not going to be asked to do much next season because they're pretty deep at that spot and they're not um you know i don't think this is a team that's you know contending for a, a playoff spot or whatever but i i like i like derek whitehead ending up in uh in brooklyn both from like a, a team standpoint just helping him as much as possible to rehab his foot and, and yeah. sort of like knowing where he is physically too we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So we're approaching the 27th pick. Indiana's on the clock. I have not checked my phone to see if the, the pick has been tipped yet, uh, but there's two minutes left on this counter here before Charlotte is up. Uh, there's been you know talks about whether or not Charlotte's going to keep all five of their picks, whether they're going to make this pick or, or maybe trade it. At this point, obviously, they're not trading up. If anything, they're trading back or trading for future picks. And there are still some pretty good uh, names up on the board. And I, I still don't understand why Sensabaugh would be even available yeah. this late in the first round. I talked about him in, in the first hour as we went live talking about Brandon Miller, just a physically strong player that can get to his spots and a guy that 
is not affected too much about like from contests, like the contests come at him and, and he's just shoots right over it. He's a big time shot creator and he really wants the ball in his hands. I think, again, I, I don't think you can necessarily, you know, factor in positions, but I, I, that's kind of why I wanted Marcus Sasser. If we had gone Brandon Miller, having a guard that is probably needed in that second unit, especially if DSJ is not coming back, you don't know what his future holds with Charlotte. Now, drafting another wing here with uh, Bryce Sensiball may not be the best way to go, but I, you know, I feel like a talent like that is just too hard to pass up if he does fall one more yeah. spot here. So he will be available. The Pacers are keeping pick twenty six, and they selected Ben Shepard out of Belmont, who is someone that I've talked about uh, in the the last thing that we wrote before the draft as a guy that I was okay. eyeing at pick twenty seven for the Hornets out of Belmont. Um, was a 6'1 guard, grew to be 6'6, has a little bit of burst. He's kind of like a weird sort of like robotic athlete, but he is athletic, got like a good first step, and he was a big-time shooter at Belmont uh, this season. So that's a pretty interesting pick for the Pacers. I think he has a good chance to outperform that draft slot. Like he and Sasser were two guys that we talked about in this pick 27 range. They go you know, one and two right before it. So there's that. Um, and yeah, he had a great combine. I think, he, I mean, he had an incredible season at Belmont, but um, he's really had a big rise the last probably four or five weeks since the combine. This means though, Richie, there's still some really talented guys on the board. Nick Smith Jr., who's another one of these guys that you could add to the um, the Whitehead Whitmore conversation we were having just a minute ago about, Guys, someone that was, you know, preseason was mocked top eight, top 10, slipping to the back end of the first round. So they have Nick Smith Jr. Uh, to have Bryce Sensabaugh on the board uh, still. Like there's there's uh, there's some interesting talent uh, to be yep. had. Andre Jackson is still around. I'm trying to think if there's anyone else. Colby Jones maybe a little too early here. Yeah, and yes, I, I like Colby Jones a lot. I think... There are swings I would rather take. Yeah, like yeah. I would really be intrigued by a, a Nick Smith Jr. or or Bryce Sensabaugh like upside swing uh, at this point in the the draft. But what are your thoughts on Gigi Jackson? I know he's not necessarily going to be. Yeah, uh, no, I consider over Bryce, but maybe. What do you think about him? No, I like. I don't think Charlotte is. I said this earlier. I don't think Charlotte is like a great fit for him at the moment. But he's really young. He's got good size for someone who can play on the ball. He can create a shot. I like some of the off-ball movement stuff that he does. Um, he has a nose to score. So I like Jackson as a prospect. I, I wasn't in on him as like a lottery guy. Yeah. But I, I think at this range, just from a, a, a pure talent standpoint, um, he's worth a shot. But it just it's just going to take time because I th still think he's like learning – to play basketball. He's still very young. I, I don't think it would be a great fit, but it's one of those, it's a player whom I think has value because the, you know, there could be a, a next level shot maker at, you know, six, seven that you can bring into the, uh, to the fold there. He's a guy that when I watched, like he, he does a good job of like stringing together multiple dribble moves to get off shots. He's a guy that probably locks in a little bit too much to his own game versus trying to play within a system. He's built like a power forward, but he plays more like a wing. You know, he could be used as a screener, as a lob partner to try to kind of change up his game a little bit. But I, I just, 
I felt like he was just a little bit too inefficient. Maybe it's the youth that plays a, a part into that. Uh, it feels like he would take like three, four, five years to kind of get into a team-oriented system. So, looks like the Hornets. Yeah, Nick Smith Jr. is the pick. Okay, because I, I, I don't Hornets. really know a lot about him. This is where my research kind of drops off. Yeah, give me give me the lowdown. I know you were kind of talking about him, but give me the lowdown on Nick Smith Jr. Yeah, like six four, six five combo guard, big time prospect. Before he got to Arkansas, I saw him play for the first time at the Hoop Summit last year in 2022 out in Portland. And he at times looked like the best player on the court. I mean, Dariq Whitehead played very well in, in that game as well. And also Bryce Sensabaugh, Utah drafts him a second later at, at pick 28. So Nick Smith at 27 to the Hornets, Bryce Sensabaugh at 28 to the Jazz. The Jazz had a really nice draft with Taylor. In the first round, they got Taylor Hendricks at 9, Keontae George at 16, and now Bryce Sensabaugh at 28. That's really good work from their front office. But yeah, Smith came back. I don't think he ever, he only played 17 games this season. I don't think he ever looked fully comfortable in a, an Arkansas offense that, especially once uh, Trevin Brazil went down, never really quite, I, I want to say, like found its flow and its blend. He struggled shooting, especially from inside the arc. He struggles to finish at the rim. You know, he is 6'4, 6'5 combo guard. Didn't, I don't think, got a great chance to sort of like flash his playmaking chops at Alabama or pardon me at Arkansas this season, but has the ability to with craft to split a pick and roll to manipulate at that sort of like mesh point area. I think good change of pace, uh, good change of tempo, really good shooting touch. I would say like some of the best shooting touch probably in this class, along with someone like Keontae George. Um, there are injury concerns. He's got a, a thin frame. Um, yeah, he looks thin. Oh, yeah, <laughs> ultimately, what I would say is, is offensive scoring output, it rests on just like right now like a tough shot diet, right? And he doesn't pressure the rim uh, much either. He's more of a floater finisher. Um, and the use of ball screens, I think it's pretty good, but... Um, you know, I, I'm not sure how much some of that will translate. So pretty inefficient offensive player at the college level, but has some like real skills and some real tools. And at this point in the draft, I I, I think it's like not a bad pick um, as a guy to sort of like bet on, you know, being able to get healthy and you're betting on the the upside as a as a creator. Now, so he's he's kind of like billed as a combo guard, uh, but what a lot of what you said kind of screams more a shooting guard in terms of like his shooting touch, um, not necessarily faci facilitating for others. I mean, does he have that in his game where he can run maybe a second unit every now and then, or is it more strictly just coming off screens, coming off cuts, and just every now and then on the second side, maybe maybe making a play here or there? No, I, I think he has the ability to to organize some offense. I mean, I think it would be tough to sort of like hand him that assignment right from the jump, especially if physically he's not quite there. But I think that's that's certainly like something you would hope to be a part of the package for him down the line, and you would want him to get those opportunities next season. I think some of that may depend on where Charlotte's season is and where it's going. And, and there are going to be other guys that are going to be competing for those reps. You know, if James Booknight is still around, Bryce McGowan's, you know, we'll see how they sort of like round out the uh, the guard room. But that's an interest. That's like, that's a nice 
this is like a this is a mostly fine pick I, I think here from Charlotte that has has some upside to it. What I would also say about Smith, this is sort of like more intangible based, but he could have checked out at multiple times last season and just said like, you know, like it wasn't going well for him at Arkansas, right? Like he, he wasn't playing that well and his stock was sliding, obviously. He kept like, he, the guy continued to play. Uh, he stayed locked in. He was like, a, you if you were watching Arkansas, you'd see him cheering from the bench. Like he continued to like be engaged and like be a good teammate. I, I don't know. Like that's just an intangible. I know we don't really care about that stuff all that much, <laughs> but it is something to probably you know, highlight, you know, with, with Nick Smith, uh, as we sort of like build into, uh, his tenure with the Hornets. No, I mean, that, that's a good thing to point to because it's not something that shows up on the scouting report. Hornets do have the 34th, 39th and 41st pick remaining. Not sure if they'll use all three. Maybe, maybe they will, maybe they'll surprise us all and use all five picks. Uh, looking forward to the future, I know that this is kind of getting a little bit ahead of ourselves here because we don't know how these next three picks are going to go. But when when you think about the draft, do you ever think about, okay, how are these picks going to affect the offseason? Do we think that drafting Nick Smith Jr. <laughs> has any effect on Dennis Smith Jr. or things of that nature? Or is that just too hard to think about right now and you want to see how this the rest of the draft plays out? I think they're going to try to bring DSJ back no matter like I think they're going to try to bring him back because uh, my guess is like Cliff and some of these other guys are going to they're going to want veterans around and, and I think they're going to want someone who can guard on the perimeter at the guard position too. Uh, so my guess is they'll bring DSJ back and I would also imagine Nick Smith Jr. probably like to start the year is going to see a lot of time like in Greensboro, yeah, yeah, you know, like in uh, that way he can get reps and, and get time and I, you know they're gonna have to evaluate where they are with some of these guys. Like who knows with Book Knight? Who knows if Rozier gets dealt at some point in time? Um, so, so my guess is like, you know, they're they'll they'll want all of these guys on on the roster. And uh, I, I hope Dennis Smith Jr. is back. I think they're gonna need his rim pressure. Like I, I and they're gonna need his point of attack defense. I think those things are gonna be important for them next season. And like I think DSJ is also like. I think he's like an asset too, not only like in the clubhouse or like in the locker room or whatever, but like you, you sign him, bring him back. He plays well, you, you know, you might have like another, uh, tr you know, trade chip, but I think someone like Smith, it'll be good for him to get reps in Greensboro because he needs to, we talked a little bit about like his pick and roll game, but I just want him to get reps because like the decision-making for him has got to get better. And I just think his ability to see pro style defenses and those types of coverages um, get to play in the G League with whomever else they're going to end up taking in the second round now, you know, could be beneficial for him long term. And you may have like stumbled into, you know, another guy that you can eventually run offense through if he, you know, comes along as, a, as an on ball creator and, and pick and roll decision maker. All right, so the Hornets have drafted Brandon Miller and Nick Smith Jr. with their first two picks. Ryan, I want you to give me a grade. Actually, give me separate grades for each of these players. Obviously, you got to factor in who was on the board, the number two overall pick versus the 27th overall pick. Give me like a A through F grade for Brandon Miller and give me an A through F grade for Nick Smith Jr. Man, the Miller one's tough. B minus? Like if, yeah, it's like it's like yeah, sure, B minus, C plus, like somewhere. In, I'll say B minus, okay, okay. um, because because like again, I 
think Brandon Miller is going to be a good pro. And I think he is, he fits an archetype that could be a guy that, that uh, is like some level of impact player or is at least like in rotations and has the chance to be good for a while. We'll see about him making the the jump to the, the next level. I think I would have liked the sense ball at 27, just a, yeah. a little bit more than Nick yep. Smith jr. But I'm still in on this pick. I'll give it a, a B or a, a B plus and yeah, I'll just be curious to see like as Smith develops, can we continue to see better decisions with the basketball, more advanced reads passing out of the pick and roll? Can he improve? Like he's got nice touch and he's got really good craft. He's got the hesitation move, all that sort of stuff. But can we see like more reliable shot making from him going forward? Can he get stronger? Can he bulk up on that frame that we talked about as being a little bit skinny? And can he get more comfortable just with the ball in his hands and not getting himself into bad situations by dribbling into pressure, picking up his dribble, and then sort of ended up like killing like whatever advantage is there. So I like Smith. I think this was a nice pick for Charlotte. So yeah, I'll give it a I'll give it a B. Well, that's good to hear. I, I my research kind of just drops off. I I knew about eight players in this draft, and that was about it. Nick Smith Jr. was not a guy that I had on my radar. Um, I just did not do enough research, but I did do enough research on on Sensible and Sasser, and I was hoping one of those two guys would have been the pick. Sasser obviously went two picks prior. Sensible went one pick after. So we appreciate yeah. everyone tuning in to another episode here. We probably won't put out an episode for those second round picks, uh, but we're glad that you guys joined here on Twitter live video, and we will talk to you guys later. have a 401k you're not getting the most for retirement wait what add a Robinhood ira on top then they'll boost it by three percent you can do that and if you transfer in any retirement account you get three percent on top of that is there a limit to the match no limit Robinhood gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any ira on the market sign up for Robinhood gold at robinhood.com boost by april 30th subscription fees apply investing involves risk three percent match requires gold for one year from first match must keep ira for five years match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions Robinhood financial llc member sipc